It's a radical thing in today's culture for a young man to reject what the culture tells him will make him happy in favor of what God is showing him will truly make him happy. These are the honest conversations of the men discerning the priesthood in the Diocese of Nashville, seminarians learning what it means to follow Christ's call. You're going to have to interact with the people and you're going to have to knock on their door and be like, hey, like, I haven't seen you in a while. Are you okay? Everything's going on. Dealing with the challenges. Sometimes I was like, boy, I wish I would have paid more attention in that class. <laughs> I'd be able to answer this question a little bit better. Let me get back to you. Finding the beauty. At least for us in our seminarian time, um, we have to do papers. We have to do all these things, but always uh, create some times where you're going to spend time with the Lord. This is the Nash Vocations Podcast. Adapted for Nashville Catholic Radio. Hello and welcome to the Nash Vocations Podcast. My name is Seth Reed, and I have some very special guests with me today. To my left, I have... Ryan Winger. I'm from the Diocese of Amarillo, Texas, and I'm also in Second Theology at St. Meinrad. I am Felix Pesci. I am in the Diocese of Memphis in my second year of philosophy, which means I have four more years of theology ahead of me. And I am Rolando Perez. I am a seminarian also for the Diocese of Memphis. I am uh, also in Second Theology. So today's episode is going to be about friendship. And usually we start these episodes by kind of defining our terms as we're all good philosophers. Felix is on his way to being a good philosopher. So open up to the table. What is friendship? What is friendship? Well, that's a really good question, I think. Yeah, I see you have a book in front of you, Rolando, with a bunch of stuff. So... uh, You got any definitions for us? The book I have in my hand is called Genuine Friendship by uh, Father uh, Philip Hallfart. I I totally butcher that. Um, So we'll give it a try. I do that all the time. But Genuine Friendship is a title, and I'll be using it a little later, but um, that's my little definition of friendship. Uh, Doesn't he have an Aristotelian uh, definition there, too? He does. He, he mentions the four uh, levels of friendship that uh, Aristotle talks about. Do y'all, are y'all familiar with them? Yeah. I've, I have forgotten them. And just for our listeners at home, I mean, it doesn't help to say what they are, if you're prepared to do that. Or did I put you on the spot? You put me on the spot. Okay. <laughs> so while, while Orlando finds that, let's just kind of give our own personal definition of what friendship is to us. Felix? Well, friendship... There are different kinds of friendship. You have friends that you have fun with. Uh, besides that, you know, it, it stops there. And those are great friendships. Um, I've had a lot of those. But a true friendship is people who share each other's lives with one another, who share in their joys, but also they share in their sorrows. You do things for friends that you might not want to do, but because they're a friend, uh, it takes the burden off of things you don't want to do and you're happy to do it for them. Uh, friendship is somebody that you minister to outside of yourself. Uh, and it's and it's also reciprocal. If it's not reciprocal, you might want to ask yourself if it's a true friendship. I think that's pretty good. What, are you, what about you, Ryan? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm also with Felix where there's different levels of friendship. 
Um, I tend to blur the line a little bit between acquaintance and friendship. Um, so a lot of the acquaintances I have, I consider friends. Um, I think I think that's very important for me, just with my personality being you know a very extrovert extrovert type of a person. Uh, I consider a lot of acquaintances I have as friends, but then I also agree with Felix where there's this true friendship or a deeper friendship, if you will, sometimes a good friendship where you're able to share very personal experiences with another person. And usually that's in the form of sometimes quality time or just uh, concerns and praises throughout your life and in your life. And then also for me, a very important thing uh, with the really good, true friendships I have in seminary is being able to vent to somebody. So somebody that you can vent to uh, when the times are tough and you're not really like looking for an answer. You're just looking for somebody to sit with you and listen. And so for me, that's kind of uh, what true friendship looks like. Yeah, I think those are both pretty good uh, starting points. I mean, I, and I agree with both of you. I think friendship is, yeah, it's somebody who you can go to and talk with and whether it's good things or bad things and they just actually listen to you instead of being like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll listen to you. I'm making quotation marks in the air that you can't see, but hey, I do that a lot, as y'all know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with both of you. Yeah, and I think too, like, it, you know, uh, true friendships, not only it's somebody that listens to you, but you listen to them. Yes. You know, it's a mutual relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not exclusive to one person. Uh, I don't think they, somebody can be your true friend unless they also are willing to, you know, share personal experiences, frustrations, life with you. Uh, so it's like a, it's not a one-lane road, it's a two-lane yep. road, basically. Yeah, because if, if you share it, if they share everything with you and... You share nothing with them, yeah. they don't really care about what you have to share with them, <laughs> they'll suck the life out of you. Yeah, that's very true. I agree. I think there's something to that where... Uh, it's both it implies both the good uh, Ryan what you were mentioning is uh, it indicates both the good and the not so good uh, can I trust you with this right you know? and, and uh, a lot of times that looks like simply being there to listen to somebody even if it's a stuff that's not so good that you have to share with them as what's in your heart what's going on within you and can I just trust you with this uh, that's I think half the time that's my question when it comes to friendship and sharing something about yourself, revealing a little something about yourself. Um, maybe that begins a friendship, or maybe that's already where the friendship is so good, but can I trust you with this? Mm-hmm. I think it takes a while to develop true friendships like that because you have to know if you can trust the person with information. You have to know that, get to learn that person's character and what they're going to do with the information that you give them. Are they going to keep it to themselves and, and, and maintain your trust or are they going to blab it out to everybody else? Yeah. So like what, for you, like, what does that, like how long, how long, I mean, or do you, it, is there some, like some sort of indicator? No, as long as it's organic. Well, you know, you share with people, you get to know somebody's character, you, you spend time with that person and that you, you, things reveal themselves organically and, uh, you know, sometimes it could be three months, sometimes it could be a year, sometimes you can hang out with somebody. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've just jumped into friendships way too quickly in the past where I've learned, you know, we're best, we have so much in common immediately and we're best friends. And then 
all of a sudden you start learning shady and sketchy things about this person <laughs> and they start to stab you in the back and all this and you're like oh my god why did I I can't how can I it's, it's a lot hard it's a lot easier to go slow and 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 feel them out you know and have shared experiences <laughs> gradually than it is to jump into it and then back out because you're thinking okay that was this is not a good person I want to be close friends with. Now it's hard to back up once you've gotten to a certain point. As men training to be, you know, priests, that's why we're all here. Like the friendship between a, a husband and a wife is very intimate. We won't have that relationship because we won't have a wife. So do you think like friendships are very important for us? Are they kind of important? Like should we be hanging out with our friends all the time or do we need to kind of separate ourselves from them sometimes? Like what's y'all's kind of take on that? Well, when I was in uh, doing my psychological evaluation, <laughs> which was a two-day process, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the counselor had asked me if I had in, any intimate relationships. And I mean, my mind went immediately to intimate, you know, you know sexual relationships. Right. Like I've never really had a healthy, intimate relationship. And they, was like, they said, well, you know, do you have any friends? And I'm like, yeah, I've got a lot of friends. You know, do you love your family? Do you love your sister? Do you love your... I'm like, yeah. I said, well, you've had intimate relationships. And mm -hmm. Being celibate in the priesthood, you have to form intimate relationships with people who share uh, the same things, uh, things who share your life with you. Uh, because intimacy is, you know, goes beyond sex and it, it's, it's shared, like Ryan said, you know, it's like you've got to have people that will listen to your woes and you're ready and willing to listen to theirs at the same time. So Felix, just loosen it up and put this facing towards your mouth. Where it was before. I mean, it's, a little, little, little more. Better? A little more. Where it was before. Well, you, I need to scoot it forward, though. Is this better? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Anyway. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think intimate relationships are very important. Um, and uh, I agree. I mean, for, the, for a celibate person or for a seminarian, mm -hmm. Uh, training to be a priest or being formed to be a priest or even priests in general, you need friends, you need intimate relationships, um, uh, you know, not only with people that are sharing the same vocation with you, like other priests or other seminarians, but you also need intimate relationships outside of the priesthood. You need friends outside of the priesthood. You yes. need to build friendships and intimate relationships uh, with people that are outside of your vocation so that would be outside of the priesthood and i think that where that's where you know friendships from the past uh come into play mm -hmm. you know like my brother or my good friend from back home big smooth you know those those are intimate relationships that i have that i still enjoy and that i'm um you know still in contact with and they're really good and i believe it's really good to have um you know intimate relationships authentic, inter intimate relationships outside of the priesthood and outside your vocation. I mean, you bring up a really good point, Ryan. Like, we haven't always been seminarians. So 
how have those relationships that we've had before with friends outside of seminary, how have they changed as we've entered into seminary? I know for me that <clears throat> I worked for 10 years in the uh, film business in Nashville, and a lot of those people are kind of rough and tumble people. And I, of them, I have maintained one friendship, and that was of 10 years of working. And so every time I go home, I'll text this guy and just talk to him a little bit and see if he wants to go out to eat, we'll go out to eat. We used to go to Shoney's and eat breakfast, but now all the Shoney's are closed. So oh, like we yeah. can't go to Shoney's anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that's, I, that's one of the main, once one of the friendships that I maintained that I had when I was, when I worked and I continue to maintain it. I've continued to maintain it throughout my seminary career. But then of course my main, my relationship with my family and stuff like that. But like I consider them friends, but those are not the type of friends that like, it's a familiar friendship. It's not like a friendship outside of the family. How have y'all maintained those friendships or have you not? Um, I think in my experience, um, going to seminary was also a uh, shifting point mm -hmm. in the sense that um, not everybody understood what I was doing. But at the same time, that I think that led to a place of uh, maturity on... Uh, both sides like what is it really that you're looking for in this friendship and one of my uh, one of my best friends uh it's uh as i reflect through the years uh i get to see how we've really it's almost like all rootedness in the lord has allowed us to understand each other more but also for her to understand where i'm at as a seminarian and for myself to understand that where is she as a friend, but also as a daughter of God, walking um, her journey. And um, and um, I don't know, I think it's a process also of maturity where you encounter uh, that same opportunity for yourself. Am I really willing to be a friend here? Was I just spending time with these people because I was searching for God all along? And uh, I'm not necessarily sad that a lot of those friendships kind of faded away, but it allowed me to see where true friendship uh, really was and uh, it, more of a process in time. But uh, the only thing I could connect that with is uh, a maturity uh, taking place and solidifying that friendship from both people. Kind of like that reciprocal aspect that Felix was talking about earlier. Yeah, I agree with you, Rolando. Um, I'm, I'm very unique in that I'm from a very small town and a lot of my friendships before I came to the seminary um, were very good friendships, uh, but none of them were Catholic. I think I'm mm. only, you know, like out of the people that I consider friends in a small town, you know, there's a group of 15 of them and only two to three of them were actually Catholic. And so I faced the struggle with my friends of explaining to them um, you know, why am I going to seminary? What is seminary? Um, what does being a Catholic priest mean? Um, and, you know, but the, the hardest question was why and trying to understand. And so with my friends, you know, I, I remember specifically three or four of them uh, that were Protestant or, and still are. And we spent hours talking about this decision that I made. And they were willing to listen and they had questions and they asked them, and, you know, I'm still friends with these people to this day, but I never felt like they truly understood. And I never felt like they, um, they never, they never were negative. They never dissuaded me from going because they only want the best for me. 
And that's why I consider them very good friends. But they never fully understood, and they still don't to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my fest, best friends, she even told me, you know, we were so good of friends. She has a baby. She wanted me to have a baby. And, you know, us to live in the same town and to grow, you know, our families to grow up together and watch our kids play sports and all these things. And she was just so upset that my life was being led in a different direction. And still to this day, if you ask her, she'll tell you that she's praying for me to leave the seminary. You know, I still, I still consider her my great friend. I see her every time I go home. But she'll openly admit, very blunt person, she doesn't understand. And, yeah. and she will tell you she openly prays that I will leave the seminary. Yeah, the friend who I was talking about earlier, he's also a Protestant. And so we talk about seminary stuff, but I can tell he doesn't really get it. Right. He just knows like, okay, so you're going to preach and talk about Jesus. Cool. Like I remember one time after we got through at Shoney's, he, he came out and said, hey, can I pray over you? I was like, yeah, man, sure. Why not? And so yeah. he held his hands out like this and he prayed over me. I was just like, cool, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a number of my friends offer me jobs because right. they think that like being a priest isn't a full-time job. Right. You just work on Sundays and yeah. you, you give one homily a Sunday and it's not a full-time job. So yep. I've actually had two of my friends offer me jobs because they're worried about me being able <laughs> to have a life that's not only like you work a lot, but you know, yep. n- money. And so, you know, and I take that out of the goodness of their heart. You know, yep. it's not a malicious thing at all. They just, they just don't understand. They just don't understand. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, you know, I know your friends love you, but there's got to be some kind of wedge that, that must be there because you're wanting them to support you like you support them. Yeah. You want them to be on board with what you want. And as much as they love you and they can't understand, they're not doing, like you said, they're not being malicious, but it's unfortunate that they can't give you the same kind of support that you give them. Yeah, and I I guess I didn't mean to point like a a negative light towards it because my friends do really support me. But, you know, we have those friendships where they're just very honest and they just don't understand. And, you know, like now I will say that it's matured. I love what... Rolando said about maturity because now my friends, you know, most of the time they don't ask me questions about the seminary anymore. They've just, we've, we've kind of grown in maturity and we're still good friends, but we live different lives now. You know, I'm not going to do certain things that I used to do before seminary, which they still do. And so it's just, it's just a growing in maturity. I, I like that better than, you know, my, you know, my friends aren't supporting me. No, I you're hope, good. I hope, <laughs> I hope your friends don't listen to this. No, no, no. They, they I love you guys. <laughs> love Tex you loves you too. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, so, so Ryan's nickname here in the seminary is uh, Tex because he's the only one from Texas in the seminary. So if you, you hear somebody say Tex, they're referring to Sorry. Ryan. Yeah. That's right. Um, I wanted to quote something from this book, Genuine Friendship. And I think it just kind of connects with what we're talking about. Uh, here, uh, Father notes, quote, genuine friendship and certainly marriage is not fundamentally a matter of seeking a positive experience, but of committing oneself to a person and to the good that will come from the relationship, end of quote. I think that um, in a way, when you talk about uh, this commitment, right, this maturity, um, it underlies that commitment. And uh, I think this is, uh, at some point in the same book, 
the priest that wrote this book, he mentions the C.S. Lewis approach, the, oh, so do I, and you have a connection with the person, and that begins a friendship. But I tend to be a little hesitant of that, and I read in the book where Father says, you know, I kind of disagree uh, with all due respect uh, on this, and it's that other aspect of commitment. Like, sometimes a friendship can begin when you just say, you know what, I don't understand everything about you. I don't necessarily have a connection with you. But here we are, and I commit to walking with you. And I think that might say something about those friendships because um, I'm glad to hear that we all have friends that are not necessarily just Catholic. That, that would be a very, maybe... It would skew your lookout on narrow. life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very narrow, yeah. 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 Well, most of my, I mean, you know, I'm older than most of the seminarians here, all the seminarians. Yeah, so let, let's just go ahead and say what our ages are. I'm 33. Uh, I am 35. I am 31. 56. Go ahead, Felix. Lord. Just and, so uh, people know where we're coming from in the, yeah. the way we talk. Well, I mean, I grew up in Memphis, a big city, in a small section of Memphis called Whitehaven. And, you know, it was such a small community. I'm like Tex. I mean, I've been friends with these people, you know, since first grade or my entire life. And... Uh, and I'm also very, very fortunate. And they're all Catholic. We all grew up in Catholic schools. They're all still good Catholics. Uh, I was very, I'm very fortunate enough to have a family that I love. Um, not like everybody's that fortunate. Uh, you know, my mother died when I was young in my early 20s. My early 30s, my dad had a stroke, left him paralyzed for 14 years. So me and my siblings got, became very, very, very close. So, you know, these friendships come. I think of a friendship. If I, I like when I need somebody to talk to, I call my sister or my brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got another childhood friend who uh, I call her as well. But those friendships usually are your inner circle, or it's kind of like a concentric circle. Your inner circle are people that you reflexively call whenever you have a problem or having a bad day or did something funny that you think's funny. And they might think it's funny because you think it's funny, (laughs) even though it's not funny. But, uh, you know, and then, you know, I've got my friends who I speak to once every month, you know, three or four weeks, two months. But we love each other like brothers and sisters. So, um but like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky to have siblings that, you know, are my peers, my friends, and also my family. Yeah. <clears throat> that brings up an in- interesting point, Felix. Like, and I know you have said this before too, Ryan, like, and I've said it before on the podcast too, like your seminarian brothers, they're brothers. They're, they become family. And so I like, how do we... What do you think the, the line is where a friend stops becoming just like a friend and transitions into somebody you consider family? Like how, how deep in that relationship do you have to be before you think that kind of happens? Um, is that more of an organic development? Yeah. Um, C.S. Lewis mentioned this on uh, The Four Loves where he talks about this level of uh, companionship and that's more like a peer level, classmate level. Uh, and then he mentions the other level where uh, you actually become friends with uh, somebody, but that's beyond, 
he mentions a changing aspect. So like, let's say we go to seminary together for a year, which we did. We did. Yeah. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, after a year, you don't go to seminary together and you just part ways. And, and that doesn't mean that you weren't an, uh, a genuine uh, friend in the companionship sense mm-hmm. with that person at the time. But he points like at some point your life parts ways and, and that's it, you know. And I think sometimes it's hard to um, make me maybe make that distinction, like going to seminary. Uh, at least for me, it was because you think, oh, here's like 120 people and uh, I cannot hate everyone. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, but my point being is that, you know, you, maybe you won't get to be friends with everybody. But recognizing that it's already a step toward how can I better uh uh, allow myself to be known and how can I better also just be authentic that others can know me and then where that shifts I think is uh, wherever there's that uh, other side saying I'm willing to receive you and accept you uh, and that's a little beyond uh, classmate mm-hmm. a little beyond just uh, class interaction I think I, I, I like your question like you know, your brothers become your family, especially like seminary brothers. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to say that I have a number of seminary brothers that I consider family. I remember my dad one time told me when I went home for Christmas, I was kind of like down and I didn't know what I was doing because, you know, like, you know how you just, you're living at home or whatever and you get in the, you kind of get in this, you know, weird place. Yeah. And, and my dad says, well, I understand why you're like that because your family is at St. Meinrad. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've thought about that a lot you know, a lot since then. And my family is here. Like, I want to be here. I want to be here with, you know, my friends in the seminary and the guys here because that's my family. Um, But I think about this specific group of friends I have that I consider my brothers and my family. And really, it just happened very organically with a group message on a text, you know, and there's eight of us in that group. And, you know, I think, Six of us are ordained. Six of them are ordained already, and they're priests out there in the the world. And two of us are still here, but that group message lives on, you know. But we're we're a family, and it's awesome. It's just, uh, and so like I would consider them my brothers for life, and I don't expect that group message to ever die. Join the Nash Vocations podcast, adapted for radio, next week for part two of a talk about friendship. This has been an adaptation of the Nash Vocations podcast for Nashville Catholic Radio in conjunction with the Vocations Office of the Diocese of Nashville. Shining the light of our Catholic faith in everyday life. This is Nashville Catholic Radio, 100.5 FM and streaming at NashvilleCR.com.